focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Matthew chapter 2, very quickly, Matthew 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler. He's not talking about the yellow wooden stick he used to use back then. People stole from you in primary school. But he's talking about a ruler who will do something similar to that. He's going to set things straight. When you want to draw a straight line, you remember, you get a ruler, you, so a ruler is designed to set things straight. Number two, what do you do with the ruler? You measure. So the rulership agenda of God is for able to set things straight and for things to be measured, which talks about justice or justification or computation or organization. And said, he will be a ruler. He's not coming to dominate or impose himself, but he will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. What time the star appeared. And guess what? He sent to them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him back to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star, somebody shout the star, which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. This is the line I really need for today's teaching. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Somebody say amen. Father, we thank you for wisdom and understanding. We do not explore the text from our religious backgrounds or our experiences or our preferences. But we ask, O oh Lord, that your spirit, the teacher, will give us insight, revelation, knowledge, and practical wisdom, practical application, and eternal value. To the end, that we will see Jesus. We will see Jesus. Our hearts, our minds, our lives, and this whole house and everyone connected to us will be transformed to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. For context's sake, you might need to listen to the first service, but I'm going to bring out two major things that I think you should keep in mind. Number one, there is something about the star. When they saw the star, they rejoiced and the star guided them to Jesus. Jesus. 
The enemy understands the principle and the power of stardom. There is something about stars that we can't completely explore right now. But when you look through the Old Testament, you're going to see so many things about the stars and their significance and their signs and all. God said to Abraham, God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes and see the stars. And it said, so shall your descendants be. The enemy understands star power. So he raises stars. Why? Because stars can give direction. Back then, a lot of the traveling, a lot of the journey, uh, intercoastal movements had to do with the stars. The stars helped with navigation. Are you following this now? By the way, navigation is from Navy. Navigation, because the primary way of navigating back then was water. Are you following that now? If you're going to move from one continent to another place. And so navigation was oftentimes based on stars. That if you can uh, move stars, you can move masses of people. This is the reason the enemy raises celebrities as stars so that masses of people, clusters of people can follow those. Are you following this now? Who are the people who have the biggest following on social media? Stars. Are you following that? Stars. And so this star wears, if they want a certain outfit to become popular, what do they put it on? on a star. If they want a certain culture or language or slang to become viral, who do they use? Star is a perversion of the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is that he wants his own stars to be the leaders of nations and generations. Is there any star of the kingdom rising out of this place? Yeah, some people's hands were antithetical to their voices. Is there any star rising out of the kingdom? What does Daniel say about stars? It says, those who are wise shall shine as the stars. And he that wins souls is? So God's original concept for stardom or celebrity or fame is kingdom navigation. That's God's agenda for fame. The enemy did not create fame. He hijacked it. The enemy did not create popularity. He hijacked it. Right? That's why he never said, I'm going to defeat God and become more popular. No, he's saying, I will just become like him. I want to be like the most high. I want to be as famous as the most high. So that I can control masses of people. He understands that. He is star. You know what it's called? Son of the morning. The son of the morning. Lucifer, Lucifer, son of the morning. The son is a star. Are you aware of that? Because in Job 38, it said, where were you when the stars of God sang in the morning? And by the stars, it was talking about the angels. But Lucifer was the shining star, the star of the morning. In other words, when there was light, Lucifer's light was so strong, it would stand out in light. So when he moved in a certain direction, the word says he swept one third of other stars. Because people always follow greater light. Anybody you've ever followed in your life, it was because you perceived they had greater light in an area. Even if they did not, they presented themselves as if they did. And so you began to follow them. You see that now. So there are people who will come to Jesus by following the star that you are. The wise men, as wise as they were, needed to rely on the navigational, transportational infrastructure 
of the star. Please, help me look for two or three people. Uh, some of you look like you're not really stars. You know, the star does. Some people are looking as if they are the dust, not the star. Please, help me look at somebody say, are you a dust star or a star? Okay, I'm going to inconvenience you just a little bit, especially those who are wearing high heels and I feel like I don't want to stand up. You might as well stand up right now and look for two or three people and tell them, I think you're a star, but you need to shine like one. So this star led them to Jesus. And the point is, every light in your life should lead somebody to Jesus. Every platform you have should lead somebody to Jesus. Every gift you are shining, working on polishing, every certificate, you must be able to trust God. God, help me join the dots between product management and Jesus. Help me join the dot between my therapy practice and Jesus. Help me join the dot between my counseling company, my coaching consulting company to Jesus. Help me join the dot between my biotech and LMS desires to Jesus. Help me join uh, my colored hair to Jesus. Help me join how to get the best out of your medicine to Jesus. Help me get my legal practice to Jesus. Help me get my duty dimple and join the dots between my dimple to Jesus. Derry, help me join my creative designs and lovely dresses to Jesus. Mr. Ahmed, help me join my oppressive architectural couture to Jesus. Abimbola Musa, help me join my phonetics to Jesus. ZZ, help me join my gap tooth and my motherly nature to Jesus. Somebody say, I will lead them to Jesus. Those stars led them to Jesus, but that's not the end of it. The second thing, which is what I'm going to teach from, is that when they got to Jesus, they went with gold, they went with myrrh, they went with, with frankincense. They don't go to Jesus to go and take from him. They go to Jesus to go and give to him. And by the way, when you think about wise men, don't think about three. That was a lazy illustration that became democratized. And everybody thinks there are just three wise men carrying one small box of oil. No, the wise men would move in caravans. And so when they took the gold, the man the Frank says, it was not just one tiny little bar of gold. It was not one that they got from, uh, I was going to say Abri Bar, but yeah. <laughs> or that they got from Yaba Markets, right? was like gold a lot of gold a lot of myrrh a lot of frankincense and that was what one of the major sources in which god used to sustain the life of joseph mary and jesus when they went into exile many people have gone to egypt without gold so they become suffering people in a foreign land they relocated without wise men imparting them with supply Don't run to Egypt until the wise men have brought their gold. Let me not talk about that. Priye, you're here. Can we celebrate Priye? Let's get, I see you. Don't run away. See you after service. Right? So the broad gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Don't forget, Joseph went to Egypt, right? 
What was Joseph's trade? Carpenter. How much carpentry wood will you do in a foreign land that will buy you one bar of gold when they don't know you, don't know your reputation? And don't forget, the Egyptians, they hate the Jews. Because your great-great-grandparents, they drowned our parents inside water. You now relocated here. I want to start your carpentry business. So almost like many African countries, they are threatened by Nigerians. Many African countries, if you've lived in some countries like that before, just feel like you are too much. And you're about to bring your good and the bad. So they are threatened by the, by the good. They are afraid of your bad. Right? So have that in context that they had a historical enmity. So how could Joseph have survived? There must have been divine provision. And a lot of it came from historical accounts, came from the gold, the myrrh, and the frankincense. So the supply that you're craving in your life has an assignment. Has an assignment. But here's the point you should also realize that when they laid down their gold, their silver, their frankincense, or their gold, their myrrh, and frankincense, what they were saying to Jesus, even though it was still a baby cooper, is that you are more valuable to us than the gold we came with. You are better than gold. Somebody say better than gold. So my assignment this Sunday is to give you seven things that are better than gold. I already gave two in the first service. And I want to continue from number two, which is wisdom. Number one is the word of God is better than gold. Jesus is the word of God. He's better than gold. The wise men came. They laid down their gold. Because the principle of value is that you lay down something of lesser value for what you consider to be of greater value. So the wise men were saying, Jesus, you are better than gold. So we surrender our gold to you. Our gold will find greater use in your life than it will in our hands. And so that's the wisdom of the kingdom billionaire, the kingdom millionaire, the kingdom rich person. is a person that understands that my gold has optimum value in the hands of the one who made it. The fact that it's in my hands right now does not mean I have to grab it, can it, and sit on the can. Right, even though I can do all things, and my spirit is the can do of God, so I'm a can do, I can do, I have the can do spirits, but it does not mean I should can it though. Somebody say, I can't can. <laughs> so let's go to wisdom. We said. Word of God is better than gold. Wisdom of God is better than gold. Let's go real quick to Job 28, 1 to 6. Job 28, 1 to 6. They'll catch up with me. Let's go. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Ore, ore, and ore, ore, meji. Happy wedding. Happy married life to the Ores. Or. Right. From ore. Copper is smelted from ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches every recess for ore in the darkness and in the shadow of death. He breaks open a shaft away from the people. 
In places forgotten by feet, watch this, they hang from away from men. They swing to and fro as from the earth. He's talking about mining, mining. From it, from it comes bread. So from the mining process comes commerce. What he's saying, follow this, that when you go into the deep places, that is what supplies the surface needs. That bread that people are trying to look for and eat, and eat, it's actually rooted in deep commerce. Daily sustenance is rooted in real wealth. What has this got to do with gold? Let's keep going. But underneath it is turned up as fire. Talking about the fire and the earth. It stones at the source of sapphires. He's saying that the heat in the belly of the earth is what transforms something that looks like a stone into precious stones. Because precious stones are oftentimes uh, created from the fusion of heat and pressure from the belly of the earth. And it contains what? Gold dust. The proud lions have not trodden it. Even though you're a lion, you're going to need this one. Nor has the fierce lion passed over it. He puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains at the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks. And his eyes sees every precious things. He dams up the streams from trickling. He's talking about God now. Don't get confused. What is hidden, he brings forth to light. But where can wisdom be found? Where? And where is the place of understanding? Say wisdom is better than gold. He's saying if you go through all this rigor, all this pressure, all this weight, you're digging for gold, you're stretching for gold. If you're looking in the belly of the earth, you find gold, you find onyx, you find sapphire, you find that. Where can wisdom be found? Have you seen that as much as they found gold in South Africa, parts of Nigeria, they found silver and all of that. Guess what? Nobody has found a wisdom deposit. So we found wisdom mine. He said, what will you be found? Say, I've not found wisdom mine. Any wisdom mine. Tell your neighbor, I've not found wisdom mine. But God's wisdom is mine. So you've got to mine the wisdom. Because the saying, what is hidden, he brings forth to the light. Now look what it says. The deep says, said man does not know its value. Sorry, let me take it from the line that says, but where can wisdom be found? Where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know the value of wisdom, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, wisdom is not with me. It cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir. Do you remember that from Job for those who were in the first service? Nor crystal can equal, equal, equal it. Nor can it be exchanged for jewelry of fine gold. No mention can be made of coral or quartz. Why? Why? For the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it. Nor can it be valued in what? Why does it compare wisdom to gold? Because both of them are similar. Both of them are hidden. If wisdom was commonly available, you wouldn't endure 
as much foolishness as you see in your workplace or the streets of Nigeria or your estates. How many of you walk around sometimes and just see a lot of foolishness like people are really buying it? He's saying that people can have energy to mine and work all these deposits, but they still haven't found wisdom. Look at somebody say, I have the wisdom of God. Please shout it louder like you really mean it. What does verse 28 say? You can read it all the way to verse 20, but just go to verse 28 now. What does it say? And to man, he said, behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. So if you have wisdom, you have something more than gold. Something superior to gold. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. I know some of you are a little tired from the long weekend and all of that. But there are strategies for staying awake in the service. Let me give you the wisdom for staying awake in the service. Writing can help you. Until the barrel falls through your fingers. And, and if it does fall through your fingers. Glory. Shabagadas. Standing and saying word, word. Preach pastor has been known to help people stay awake. A mini prayer walk at the back can be helpful for generations. Mint. In your mouth. Not. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I can't say it. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Go to verse 24. Okay, let's, let's reference 21. Let's go there. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. In other words, God is the custodian of wisdom. And to be truly wise is to fear the one who has all wisdom. The fear of the all-knowing is the beginning of the right knowing. To place value on the one who knows it all is to be ready to discover value even in the things I don't know yet. Because you know, when we read Job earlier, and Job was saying that he makes channels in the rocks. You know what a rock is? Hard, difficult, impenetrable, unbreakable. But in every impenetrable thing, God has a channel. So for something in your life that is hard and difficult, there is a channel. You know those channels are what, co what comes out as springs. So when you make a promise, you say things like, God has promised me. He makes rivers in the deserts and springs out of rocks. Many of us are looking for the springs but not asking God what is the channel. Get it, get it, get it. The channel is the behind the scenes. 
Otherwise, you will only be drinking water from other people's streams and not have the intelligence to bring channels out of rocks. So when Moses touches a rock, when it strikes the rock, what people see is the power of God. But if you really know God, there was a channel inside the rock. And Moses' rod was just the remote control that opened the channel. Oh, some of you didn't get what I just said. How many of you know that if you're stuck on Nat Geo Wild on your DSP, there's CBN there, there's Food Network there, there's African Magic there. Some people here are stuck on one channel just because you don't have the wisdom. It does not mean the current channel you're on is the only channel there is. There is a channel of I get money only on the 25th of the month. There's a channel of I always run out of money. There is a channel of I when I have a need, I have to raise money from seven people. But there's also a channel that says my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's a channel that says my diet needs to change. I'm seeking without diet regardless of who's bringing the chocolate cake. There is a channel that says when a word is going on like this, I'm not sitting down and looking as if there's a performer in front of me. I'm listening like there's a prophet and a pastor in front of me. There is a channel in God. Please help me look for two people. Tell them angels are tired of you watching just one channel he cuts out channels he cuts out channels where look at your neighbor say if you don't find the channels in the rocks you might end up on the rocks but somebody raise your right hand shout I'm not ending up on the rocks I am standing on the rock I'm uncovering the channels in the rock. I'm finding the access points. I'm finding the pathways. The Bible says he showed Israel his works, but he showed Moses his ways, his channels. There's a channel that brings my nine in the wilderness. They locked Paul in prison, but he wrote powerful letters because there's a channel called writing on the scrolls. So right from prison, Paul preached to more people than those that were never in prison. He found a channel. I pray by the mercy of God that you begin to discover the wisdom channels of God. The chambers of divine ability in God. Shout amen in the name of Jesus. He cuts out channels in the rocks and his eyes. So where does that wisdom start from God? 1 Corinthians 1, 24. Go there. Verse 22 now. But for the Jews request a sign. Lord give me a sign. Lord give me a sign. Ask your neighbor. Say don't be a Jew man. The Greeks. They seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews. A stumbling block. And to the Greeks. They they don't get it. That the ultimate demonstration. Of God's power. Is in the resurrection. That after everything crumbles and dies and collapses, God is like, it's not over. Because there's a channel in the rock. There's life in death. Do you know the Bible show, God shows us glory, not by bringing light in spite of darkness. God did not bring light in spite of darkness. God didn't bring light away from darkness. He saw darkness and said, from inside this darkness... My glory is that I'm commanding lights. 
from inside darkness I'm commanding life from inside death I'm commanding prosperity from inside poverty I'm commanding abundance from inside lack that is the glory of God man can avoid darkness and let me go and look for light God says the devil you are not intelligent enough to do anything I can't bring good out of When you have the wisdom of God, you can never be stuck. Somebody say, I have wisdom. It's better than gold. I'm never lost. I'm never stuck. I'm never stranded. I'm never cast down. Give God praise in the name of Jesus. Verse 24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Why? Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is true. The wisdom of God stronger than men. Let's move on. So many things to read, but let's move on. Number three, what's better than gold? Faith is better than gold. First Peter chapter one, verse seven. So when somebody says, I don't have, look, look, look at what Pastor, you see what Peter and John said? Peter and John said, silver and gold, because that was the denomination of wealth in their day. Silver and gold we do not have. Does it stop there? Believer, child of God, never end any conversation with I don't have. Never. Do you know what it means to be God's child? Child of God. It's not a label. It's an identity. Look at it. So what's your identity? Say he's paid his dues. Say he's paid his dues. Christ. Christ is paid in full. So it doesn't matter whether you're here or Kali. Don't end it with that. Peter said silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have... Peter understood that there is a having I have that will never make me worship somebody who has gold just because I don't have it. There is something I have that when I stand on that queue in that bank and I know that what I'm about to withdraw is 3,653 naira, 25 kobo. And the moment I am done, my account will be red like the blood of Jesus. And I see somebody's check, 30 million. Have you been in those kind of circumstances before? Yeah, we're driving from ATM. Someone has withdrawn 100k out of balance. Because, ah, don't you know how to operate it? They now collect you and squeeze it like offering. Like some of you used to squeeze your offering. By the way, if you still squeeze your offering, Look at your neighbor and say, grow up, grow up. So I don't want anybody to see my offering. Says so for God. <laughs> Arrange it well if you still use paper money. It's your offering if you didn't steal it. You, you know how about doing it? transfer? You look at someone's transfer, 20K. Ah, offering 20K. Your own is 500 naira. You now just... 
Look at him and say, don't be intimidated by what you don't have. Because what you have is what God used to create everything that any other person has. Yep, yep. Is somebody getting free? This revelation is personal to Peter. I'll show you how I know. Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure rise up and walk. Now, when you go to 1 Peter, which was his book, 1 Peter chapter 7. Are you there? What does it say? That the genuineness, the originality, the authenticity, the um, core element, the real essence of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. That when your gold is tested by fire, it may be, your faith, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Which means that your faith will reveal Jesus in that situation. At the consummation of this age, when Jesus comes into the world, your faith is the proof that you're one of his. Whilst you're in the world going through trials, tribulations and all, your faith is the proof that that thing will not destroy you. Oh, I thought somebody was going to say amen to that. So Paul, or rather Peter, is so deeply rooted in this revelation that he writes it to the church. He said, your faith is like gold. Your faith is like gold. It, it is not something you trivialize. You don't say like, what do I even have? Somebody shout, I have my faith. Shout, say, my faith is intact. Go to verse 17 of the same chapter. Verse 17 says, And if you call on the Father, capital F, Heavenly Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here, that's on earth, in fear, knowing that fear is reverence. Why? Knowing that you were not redeemed with what? Corruptible things like? From your aimless conduct received by faith by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of jesus as of a lamb without blemish and spot we'll talk about that shortly so your faith is much more than gold so why do you face trials and tribulations because trials and tribulations are to your faith what fire is to gold you know, in Job, one read earlier, Derry, where the Bible was saying, or Job was saying, that man does not know the value of gold. You remember that line? It says, man does not understand its value. Why would he say that when he's talking about mining and swinging from side to side and covering the earth? I was in South Africa in 2010. I will never forget. Was it 2010 or 2019? 2009. 10? 10. After the debates. 10. 2010. And my host at the time said, um, oh, I need to take you to uh, Soweto. Soweto, you, you know Soweto? The name, right? Soweto, but it's actually south, southwestern townships. It's a combination. Some people are acting as if they knew before. Some people are acting. <laughs> right? It's just like Festac. Festac has a meaning, right? 
So what's the meaning of surulere? It means patience is profitable. All right. So uh, as so we're, we're going, going and that's, that's when, okay, 2010, because the World Cup was 2010. About June, I think it traveled around November or something. So they had done the stadium. So I saw the stadium and all of that, that Calabash looking thing. That's when the Vuvuzela was a thing, right? Some of you were in primary school then, but it's fine. <laughs> literally, literally, some of you were in primary school then. But as we were going before I got uh, Soweto, I saw mounds, mounds of sand. And it just looked like sand and sand and sand and sand. I'm like, ah, thank God I'm not carrying Gario so that they will not pour. All right. And thankfully, I didn't have two lawyers who were sand as well because sand, sand. Um, anyway. <laughs> Emmanuel, are you judging me? Are you judging me? So a lot of sand and everything. I was like, ah, why, why are there hills around here? So they said to me, these are not hills that they are mining gold. They're exploring gold and then they have to bring heaps and heaps of sand through the exploration. Watch this. And after they finally find the gold, the gold looks like dirt. The gold does not look like your necklace or your ring or your bracelet or your brooch or anything. It looks like dirt. So gold in its original state looks like dirt. Now your faith is like gold. Wisdom is like gold, only better. So sometimes when wisdom comes, it looks like you hear the smell. When God's wisdom says, go and fetch water and turn it to wine. Or fetch water and serve it. They didn't even say turn it. Fetch water and serve it. It's like, are you alright Jesus? My what? My savior. My savior. My savior. Similarly, your faith. When you are believing God and trusting God, sometimes you feel like maybe this thing is not the real thing. Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. When God opens a new principle, a new revelation to you, and you try to engage it, whether it's honor or generosity or forgiveness, a common one, it looks like it's silly for me to forgive those that hurt me. What God now uses, he uses the fire of trials such that when I have tried unforgiveness and I've seen that it is worthless, I let it go in the fire of the trials. Are we seeing this now? Now, when you do athletics or sports, you know you have the trials before the main event. Whenever you're going through trials, God is getting you ready for the main event. I didn't ask you to clap, but if you clap, can you clap as if your applause is not on trials? And by the way, trials means there is something about you that looks like you are good enough. But let's prove it. Let's ensure. You know, have you seen all those track events where the guy is going like this? Back there used to be like Carl Lewis and Linford Christie. I don't know who are the guys running these days now. Usain Bolt is even old. No, that's like 10 years ago now. Who are the people running now? The wicked run at when no <laughs> Right? Have you seen all those track events? The, the person is just vibing, acting like a liar. 
But the person's a lion at the starting block. A cat in the race. Look at him and say, that's not me. Say, my faith is solid. My faith is the real deal. My faith is authentic. So when the fire comes, I don't lose it. When trials come, I don't lose it. When failure comes, I don't lose it. The faith. Number four. Got to move for time's sake. A good name is better than silver or gold. Good name. Proverbs 22 verse 1. Simple. Simples. Please don't say simples. There's a character that says simples. There's a patent in game patent. Proverbs 22 verse 1. Read it everybody. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Love and favor. A good name. A favorable name. Now, don't say I have nothing when you have favor. Some people's assignments in your life is not to give you money. It's to show you favor. Don't burden a wisdom relationship with financial requests. Oh, this person is my mentor. I know he's very rich, but he's never given me money. Everybody say, are you alright? He's giving you what produced the money. And if anybody needs to respond materially, that ought to be you. Even though you can't, you, even though you can't buy what they can afford. It's a brain man. That way it's... Oh my God. A good name. Do all you can under God to ensure you increase the value of your name before you hand it over to your children. Every book I write, every song I release, every message I preach is adding to the weight Oluwatoimbo. Every session she has, peace, right? Every session she has, and let me tell you, it's not just metaphoric, it's also real. I started my, my blog, I started my blog in my first blog, 2008 or something like that. The registered a domain, I registered quite a number of domains. If you type, don't go and buy all my names as domains, though. Some of you now, you might not know, go and buy your name as a domain name. There's some domain names I bought, 10 of, 10, 12 years ago, the value of those names have increased for two things. Because the keywords in those names are now greater value. The owner of the names has greater value. Every now and again, just put your name in Google and see what comes out. If you are, if your name doesn't come out, you are in this world, but not of this technology. Or you type your name and it's one Chinese face, one Japanese face, one Ghanaian face that's coming out. Like, ah, you need to build some things around your name. Increase the value of your name. There are people today who are suffering because of the names that they have. Can you imagine? 
to fiddle now finally finds a woman that he wants to marry. And then the daughter's name. Ask her, what, what's the name? I mean, the, the person, what's the name? My name is Nkechi. I said, what's, what's your surname? Abacha. <laughs> Fidel said he's going to marry. It's a generational wealth transfer. Nkechi bin Ladin. You won't blow. You will be blown. <laughs> a good name. I could talk, do a whole message on this. But, but everything you are doing is adding to your name or taking away from it. Everything. Everything. When you show up in certain environments, your name also picks up certain things. Because someone will say, I saw X, Y, Z. Everything you wear. Glory to God. Which of the gods? Everything. Ask your name, ask your neighbor, what's the value of your name these days? Why do I add these days? You know the value of a name can go up and go down. There are some politicians in this country. Nobody takes them serious. Because when they're in party A, am I even hiding it? When they're in PDP, they'll be talking a certain way, talking a certain way, talking a certain way. Then they'll move to APC. And they talk a certain way. And some of them are very articulate. There's... There's one of them that is a very brilliant communicator. As when the guy they speak, you be like, ah, oh, this man. That particular man. Let's leave it. You get, you get what I'm saying. So ask your neighbor very well, please. I'm asking you, what's the real value of your name these days? If your name is a commodity in the market, how much will they buy it? Will, will it be bonus? Will it be consolation gift? Will it be party pack? Or will it be a heavy bullion van that nobody can even lift? I'm too loud now. I show off the mic. Don't let me even talk about some other people. A good name. Now, I like the way Proverbs puts it. Is that a good name is to be desired. This one says chosen. What it means is that if they put a good name here and they put riches here, choose your good name. Some people have become rich in the moment but poor in legacy. Because their obsession is with material supply. So in the moment, they have material supply. But listen, the enemy never trades fair, even if he hosts a trade fair. He sells to you, but it takes from you. He gives to you, but it takes from you. So there are people right now who their office, their office, their entire value chain is between their legs. A portal. <laughs> we, 
from window to door to gates. And they will now come on social media, say, small girl. In fact, some of them right now will use what God cannot do. Because you're wondering, we've seen you in just about 15 movies in the five years of your life. But you just launched a mansion in VGC, a banana island, or lucky one. Rumor has it that it costs 200 million. But we, we can't seem to reconcile. I know there's nothing God cannot do, but what did he use? And, and which of the gods are we talking about this time? <laughs> let, me, let me close. Let me. That means you guys are not ready for next week. Because next week I'm talking about gods of gold. Glamour girls, glitz. And the guy called Mammon. So you're not ready because I'm going to talk about the church. Mammon in the church. Mammon in politics. Mammon in government. Mammon in artisan class. I repair your car and I fix it. I break it down behind you gang. They keep bringing the car to you. They bring in the car. Every service with you is a disservice. I'll talk about mammon everywhere inside this Nigeria. Everywhere. Apart from this church. Amen. So that's why you deal with it. Well, not just this church, many churches, many churches, many ministries. But you deal with it. Why? Because even if you are intended or positioned against mammon, as a ministry grows and money starts coming, then, you know, if you haven't dealt with mammon in the preacher and in the people, mammon will start preaching. Pastor Mammon. PM. <laughs> In the congregate, just because somebody now became, you know, the Lord blessed the person. And the person is the first person to give the church one billion. The person now thinks that the dream they had should be the next message series for the pastor. Just sold ordinary hundred million to the pastor. He now, every decision the pastor wants to make, pastor, I don't think so. Pastor will be like, hmm, it's true. God is speaking through you. Now ordained pastor. Based on, say this person doesn't really have a pastoral calling, but has pastoral money. So we have to address that now. Because some of you are going to become richer than you ever imagined in the next 6 to 24 months. So that when your money comes, you will not feel like you are the owner of the church. And also because I'm going to get more money, I don't now feel like I own you people. Did I shed my blood for you? Say, I'm not your owner. I'm your shepherd. That means I can flog you sometimes. Not physical flogging. Rod and staff. Man carrier of the word. Let's close. People are laughing. <laughs> but do you get that good name part? I should move on. All right. Oh, my word. <laughs> Peelta says she needs to give me an offering for her name. <laughs>
If you're a single man, be improving the value of your name. So that your wife will inherit an asset. You won't just be focusing on her. That is set. If the only assets you have is half of that word, I know, I know the clothes. <laughs> Number five. I can't teach the rest. Let me just give you a list of, of verses. Because we need to do Thanksgiving. And it's very tough. Number five. Your soul. Your soul is more profitable than gold. Matthew 16 verse 26. Matthew 16 verse 26. For what will it profit a man, human being... If he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul. Um, Josh, Dami Praise, and Mr. Shea, please come help me. I, I just, it's going to be long, but this is the deal. Um, Mr. Shea, Mass is not there. <laughs> Went to the back, okay. So this is you. This is a being. This is a, this is a man, guys. He's a man. A human being. He has a soul. And this is the world. That's why it's... <laughs> but this is the man. This man is spirit, soul, and body. But what makes him him is his soul. The unique identity. That's man, God breathed into man and it became a living being. Suke. So... His consciousness, his intelligence, his will, his desires, his drive is his soul. So that means that no matter what he owns, if he loses a soul, he does not even know that he owns it. Because consciousness is in the soul. So this is the trait of the devil. By your soul, by your soul, this will help somebody. By your soul, you see the world, eye window, ear window. Oh, this person makes 50 million. Oh, wow, 100 billion. Wow, you see it. Appetites and all. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Then the devil says, you know, I can give you this stuff. I can give you all this gold, all this silver, all this charisma, all this charm, all this fame, all this that. Right? Come have it. So, he has it. But guess what? The devil now has a soul. So he is rich, but always depressed. Rich, but does not sleep. Michael Jackson. He needs injection to sleep. He needs, many Nigerian billionaires, they need orgies to feel alive. They need to sleep with two, three girls every other day. To feel like a man. Who's your dad? Who's your dad? He. Odestic stuff. <laughs> they need to sniff something to feel alive. They need to drink a certain number of things. Why? Because they've lost their soul. So the devil is controlling the soul. 
So many wealthy people don't feel human. They don't feel good with themselves because they are victims of the devil's commerce. What does the prophet of man have against the whole world and loses his soul? So for God to redeem the soul, he cannot redeem the soul with what the soul was traded for, which is silver and gold. He has to use something higher, which is the blood. And the blood is higher than silver and gold because the blood was shed from before the foundation of the world. So number six, apart from your soul, the blood of Jesus. Are you following this? Why? Because the life of an animal is in the blood. The life of Christ is in the blood. So in redemption, God doesn't just give you back your soul. He gives you his own nature and his own spirit. He gives you a higher life for what you lost to the devil. It gives you a higher life. It gives you the highest life. It gives you the Zoe. It gives you the life of God. So, you have the life of God. Then you have your soul. What Jesus says is that for you to show you my love for me, you must now realize that this guy is no longer the calibration of your identity. So even before I give you this guy, if I'm going to give you this guy again, you must reckon yourself to be dead to it. If anyone must be my disciple, let him deny himself of all the worldly pleasures. Now, but the soul still likes it. The soul is still attached to it. The soul will still shout more when somebody shares a money related testimony than that. So what have I given you? I've given you a higher life. What's the higher life? The spirit. The Holy Spirit then begins to train the soul not to be regulated by the rise and fall of this metric in his life. Begins to train. Begins to train. Oh yeah, give this one. Say no to that one. Don't buy that one. Pray today. Fast. Immersion. Even if you can't roll, just be there. Do we see that? And so number seven is, he does it from heavenly places. Heaven is better than gold. And I will show you that your soul, I've, I've given you that Matthew 16 verse 26, right? Then Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves <laughs> break in. I'm sorry, it's just an example. Break in as break it and steal but it says stir <laughs> up for yourselves where what treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in so the treasure of God is now calibrated in another currency your treasure is calibrated in God God's treasure is calibrated in souls. Get it, get it, get it, get it. God bought your soul with his nature. So God's wealth in the earth, the real calibration is soul. So if there's money, how is he affecting souls? 
That's why I give them the ultimate assignment. Go into all the world and make millions. No, that's too small now. Make a name for yourself. That's too small now. Make disciples what I died for. The only thing that was worth the ultimate exchange. So that should be the pursuit of your life. So you are a disciple-making engineer. You are a disciple-making banker. You are a disciple-making makeup artist. You are a disciple-making... Are you you're seeing that? And to show you that heaven is higher than gold, the people that saw heaven, the visions of revelations, what's on the ground? What's on the ground? So the lowest treasure in heaven... Someone say, I step on gold. I don't worship it. Say, I step on gold. I don't trade my purity for it. Let's glorify God with a hand clap. Let's raise our hands to God and make it a prayer. Lord, I do not worship gold. I do not worship treasures of the earth. I do not yield myself as instruments of deceit or conceit. We will not worship gold in this house. We will not worship gold in this house. We will use gold to worship you. The wise men didn't worship their gold, but they worshiped with their gold. We don't make gold our God. I'll touch on that more next week. We make God our gold. We don't worship our gold. We worship God with our gold. And we're going to have a lot of it. It's just inevitable. By the providence of God, by the promises and prophecies of God, and by the concerted diligence of many of us in this house, many of us will break into a whole lot of wealth, a whole lot. But the wealth will not own us. Father, we make a commitment as a house that will thrive and flourish in the ongoing revelation of your spirit. Our lives, our homes, our beings, the entirety of all that we have will lay down at your feet like the wise men laid their gold, their myrrh, and their frankincense at the foot of Jesus. The word says they opened up their treasures and they worshipped. Lord, we live lives of perpetual worship. We are surrendered to you. We are yielded to you. And our gold will not be held back from you. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. Glorify God. Were you blessed today? Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.